Welcome <laughs> to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. It's without, Monday. Without, without further ado, right? Without further ado. finally ado. here. We here. We finally made it. How you doing, sir? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I'm glad we're on the air. Uh-huh. It's Monday. It's Monday. Starting off the week, right? Excellent. Isn't this a Monday and a great day to talk about money? The first day of the week after we just got through messing up over the weekend? Speak for yourself, man. I, I, you know, I didn't do too bad this weekend. That's good. That's good. Did well, most of my damage in the grocery store. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, of course, you are here with us here on Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Of course, this is just our ongoing conversation about money that we've been having for quite some time now here at Manager Damn Money. Uh, this is just another iteration of what we've been doing. Um, but we'd like to welcome you here. This is the place where we trade in bullet point personal finance advice for casual, pop culturally relevant conversations to mine the inspirational stories and golden nuggets that push us past the fear typically associated with tackling our financial, creative, and entrepreneurial goals. That was a mouthful. And we live, so you did a pretty good job. <laughs> we live, we live, right. So we're recording here from Listen Vision Studios here in Washington, D.C. And we're hoping that we have some good discussions with some money professionals. Malcolm here is a money professional, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm... I'm for those of you guys that are just tuning in, haven't uh, haven't been following us, uh, allow us to reintroduce ourselves. Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> so I'm Malcolm Etheridge, uh, uh, licensed financial advisor, uh, money guru, entrepreneurship enthusiast, all those good things. Absolutely. I'm here to uh, make the most complex financial situations as simple as, as we possibly can make it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That's our job. That's our job. Um, and of course, uh, I am Ben Carter, your host, the co-creator of Manage Your Damn Money. Um, excited to have Malcolm. He's been on for quite a while now. We did a whole series of podcasts over the last year. But today is also an interesting day, Malcolm, because it is February 13th. Right, right. And men and couples everywhere going with are scrambling for whatever it is that they're going to be doing for their loved one or love interest. Right. Uh, are you prepared? Do you have a gift purchased for I'm your... I'm prepared. You ready? Well, you, so you know me. I believe in keep it simple. Keep right? it simple. Okay. And so, uh, especially on a financial show like this, uh-huh. my advice is going to be don't go do something so crazy that, you know, you break your pockets right. for one day out of the month. Right. And then, you know, think about it this way. Say your girl's birthday was in March. Right? Uh-huh. And you go all out for Valentine's Day in February. Uh-huh. What are you going to do in March? You ain't got no money left. So, you know, you got to think of ways to keep it simple, but right. show that you actually put some effort in and, you know, you actually care. Absolutely. Um, so, for example, I'll be cooking dinner. All right. Do you, What's on the menu, can you say? Uh, surf and turf. Surf and turf. Yes, All right. Sir. Are you a cook or are you like following a recipe to the T? I am a decent cook. Okay. My girlfriend's a way better cook than I am. Okay. But, okay. you know, together we actually make a decent dish. <laughs> With so. your powers combined. Without, there you go. There you go. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I actually was searching for my Valentine's gift. For those of you who don't know, I'm married. Um, so it's, I found myself feeling a bit resentful, not of my wife, but of Valentine's Day in general. Clean that up. Because <laughs> it's like I was looking for a gift, which is purchased, honey, so don't worry, you're you're well taken care of. Um, but I was like, this is like a manufactured holiday for me to spend some money. Agreed. Is it Agreed. not that? It, it Well, but there's kind of no way around it at this point. No, it's not. Like, not at all. It, it is one of those that you may, you may not agree with, and right. you, you may be kind of like me, where you don't want to be in the same boat as the dude that... You know, he spent $100 on roses, and so now all of a sudden he's, you know, right. looking like King Tut for the day. Right. Um, but at the same time, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. 
Right. It's more. It's more about not going so far all out that you, right. know, you can't pay your rent. Right. And now you know. Right. Netflix and chill is the only option only option for the rest of <laughs> you know the year or the quarter or whatever so. right 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 um and then real quick if you want to insert a comment in the conversation here this evening uh you can of course uh send us a tweet and just mention our official handle at mydm1 with a number one um but we figured because this or is hashtag MYDM. or hashtag mydm that would be a good idea too so use the hashtag and then also add us so we can definitely see it um but Every week, this is we'll kind of outline how we'll go through the show every week. Um, we're going to talk about current events um, and then look at some of the things about money from current events. Uh, we'll also talk to and have in studio sometimes entrepreneurs, creatives, and artists who are making a way and making it work for them. Um, one of the best ways to build wealth, obviously, is to engage in some level of entrepreneurship. Um, so we'll definitely have some interviews for folks uh, and people who come in have different things. We know some musicians, we've interviewed musicians, uh, interviewed artists, interviewed different kinds of creatives. Uh, and you can, of course, see all of our previous work at ManageYourDamnMoney.com. Uh, but real quick, we're going to get into the conversation at hand. And because this is our first live show, we thought it might be a really good idea to kind of take people through uh, what Manage Your Damn Money is, what right. it's supposed to be, why we're here and why we're doing it. Right. Right. So um, I guess we can kind of start with why we do it. Right. Tell them, just tell them what you were thinking about the day, you know, the idea struck you and right. the name and right. you know, all that. Absolutely. I actually had some pretty bad names for uh, <laughs> the project before we got started. That's how it usually starts. <laughs> but um, Manager Damn Money just really started as an idea where we would get youthful people, millennials, the younger generation involved in talking about money. Um, of course, we know that tips and stories about how to do better with finances is really great. But I'm sure as in your job, you know. When people are talking about money, there's a lot of emotional baggage and barriers yes, that sir. come along with it. Uh, so before people can even really adequately engage information about money, they have to feel comfortable with it. They have to, like, get warmed up to it. So we like to think of ourselves as the comforter, the blanket, the <laughs> best friend that you maybe sit down and have coffee with before you get into the real details of the money. And of course, with Malcolm, he's gonna offer us some perspective that we have. Ben's um, a lot better comforter than me too, just so <laughs> I, I, I keep it all the way real, whether you like it or not. Right, right. And um, it's and interestingly enough, uh, of course, we started Manage Damn Money actually before I met Malcolm. Um, but how we met was actually kind of indicative of what we're trying to do here. That's a good point. Do you remember how, how, how we met? So I... Uh, Ben and I met at a mutual acquaintance's uh, shindig. Is that a word? It was a big shindig. It was a real fancy <laughs> shindig. Um, and then I think being two of the youngest people in the room, uh, we sort of, I guess, naturally gravitated to having a conversation. And for those of you who don't live here in the district, uh, you may not understand the concept of the DC business card swap, but this is a real thing where literally anybody you meet in DC, after you tell them, hey, my name is Malcolm, what's uh -huh. the very next thing you're gonna ask me? What do you do? I don't think I I don't think I asked you that. Well that so that's what's interesting about it. We got on a conversation talking about MYDM and the idea behind uh, financial I mean the need behind financial literacy. Right. 
before I even ever told Ben what it was that I did for a living. Right. So it just kind of became interesting that we were just two guys that are kind of passionate yeah. about not effing it up. Really. <laughs> that's, all, that's really what it came down to. Like, right. don't, you know, mess right. up the money. Um, and that that's really what it, what yeah. it you know. Right. And I remember, too, uh, Malcolm actually told me a story about, I don't, you, you got to help me fill in the blanks here, but it was something about your mother, your grandfather, or somebody showing you what a stock was early on in life or something like that? Yeah, my mom, um, okay. actually. So my mom had been buying like mutual funds early in her like 20s and 30s and, mm -hmm. you know, got the idea from somebody she used to work for way back in the day and, right. and you know, started telling me about uh, stocks and the, and the fact that like I can own a piece of somebody else's company and right. share in their profits without having to lift a finger to do any additional work to earn that profit right. and you know being the, the greedy uh <laughs> capitalist that i am that's that stuff right. that that you know meant something to me even at i don't know i was like 11 or 12 i think when right. i got my first uh stock and so from that point on like i've just been fascinated by the idea of right. passive income right. and like creating a, a money stream for yourself that even when i'm in the bed sleep just or doing something. you know off on the beach somewhere or whatever i'm making money because other people are doing that's, absolutely that's absolutely and for the record uh malcolm actually works in the financial industry daily uh so he is a licensed as we say professional who manages folks money uh for real it's a beautiful thing when your passions and your pockets align <laughs> perfectly like is i mean did that directly lead you to wealth management um yes and no i mean it Honestly, it more so found me than I found it. Okay. Like it was the career that I was looking for, but I had no idea that I was looking for it at the time that sure. the opportunity showed up. Absolutely. But then when I had a conversation and the opportunity, you know, arose, right. I jumped all over it. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, here I am, you know, right. what, six years later. Right. Um, so it just, you know, it was one of those fortuitous conversations right. that I had. And, Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. You talk about your mom introducing you to the idea of stocks. Uh, my first time, my first experience with money, as I recall, I was like five or six years old. I always tell this story. Gotta start early. Gotta start early. And my, I was with one of my parents, I don't remember which, and I'm from Pasadena, California, Southern California. We were driving up Lake Avenue past the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And so to, that's a real place? That's a real place. Okay. <laughs> and it has delicious food and fare. Um, and we were driving past the McDonald's and a Burger King. It was like right by across from uh, Roscoe's, there's a Burger King, or used to be a Burger King, and a McDonald's. Right. And I wanted Burger King or McDonald's, okay. but I thought to myself, for whatever reason, I have no idea why this was a thought. I said, I thought, well, it, it costs too much money. At five or six? At five or six, I was having those thoughts. Like, kind of mutant kid. Like. <laughs> Something was wrong, and I still have the same issue today. I'll be looking at something like, no, I don't have enough money for that. <laughs> Good for you. you know. But um, so that was my first experience with money. But ever since then, a genuine and true attachment or interest in saving, keeping, uh, trying to figure out how to stack and stash money has been an obsession of mine. Uh, I was the 15 year old kid who had a subscription to Money Magazine. Oh, you know, and that kind of just developed from there, like to the point where my parents knew, right. let's get him a subscription to Money Magazine. Um, so I was that kid and it kind of slowly grew. I bought my first stock, I think like at 18, it was right around like college. 
Apple. Okay, smart. It was one one. It was one share. That's fine. Apple is split like twenty thousand. <laughs> so. I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I had the same thing. I, I certainly sold that since. Okay. Uh, but it was my first experience, and slowly got into investing a little bit more uh, intentionally after that. Um, so it's been a, a, a love affair of sorts, if you will, for a very very long time, longer than I care to admit. Um, but this is the essence and the feeling that we're trying to get across to our viewers um, in every show. Uh, so real quick, another component of our brand as a whole, Manage Your Damn Money. Uh, we have some music that is a wonderful, wonderful piece of what we do uh, produced by our co-creator, Will Harris, also known as Beats by Beeman. You can find his music on Instagram and you can get in touch with him about his music. We're going to hear a first cut from Mr. Beats by Beeman, and then when we come back, we'll move on to the next subject. We'll get into some current events and some other things. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Figuring out a way to convert that side hustle thing into that creativity, right? That's been driving you outside of what it is that you normally do um, is a big deal. But then also thinking about investing and saving right. and whatever else, because right. you know I, I don't have a lot of faith that Social Security is going to be a big <laughs> deal when I'm, you know, right. I don't have a pension to look for it. Right. There you go. You know, right. you kind of build that side thing right. uh, up so that you do have the cash on right. the side to right. do, you know, those and, and some of that cash that you can manage in surplus, especially if like you have a full time job, is if you have some kind of creative hustle. Um, we've talked to a lot of different artists, a painter, one guy in particular, his name is Sean Perkins. Shout out to Sean Perkins, who we've interviewed for the podcast in the past. Uh, He's got a full like he's everywhere. He was painting cars at the uh, at the at a at an auto show. What? Yeah. Uh, you didn't tell me that part. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's one of the people we've interviewed. He, this actually just happened a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, but definitely want to continue to highlight those kinds of stories because that's another pathway to wealth, especially as we see it. So if you also want to stay tuned with what we're doing, remember you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at mydm1. Uh, so this next section of the show is what we, I guess we would call what, the current events section? Yeah. Current events? Something like that. Something like that. We'll figure out a catchy name for it. This is only the pilot, so we'll, right. we have plenty of time to figure right. out, a, a, you know. Absolutely. So, But um, this is where we talk about current events and current news, and we kind of link it back to some of the financial things. Um, so we are living in a world with Donald Trump as the president. Just gonna jump right into that, huh? We're, we're here. We're living in it. We're still like you're still alive. Like we're all right. good. We haven't been taken anywhere yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like things are okay. Like we're still we're still all right. 
Uh, but there has been a lot of fallout, of course, as we know, from the Trump presidency. Lots of protest. Um, interestingly enough, I saw like a podcast title that said, protesting is the new brunch. <laughs> they don't live in D.C. Well, <laughs> well, you go to the protest, then you go to brunch. Okay. That's, that's, that's right. right. And th- that's becoming more of a normal just activity. What protest did you go to? Oh, man, I went to the one down by the city hall. What one did you really? go to? I went down to the one at the post office. If they have bottomless mimosas at the protest, that, then, you know, that, that might be a thing. That's a side hustle. <laughs> I, might, I might not uh, uh, need That's to say that on, li- on, on live. Uh, <laughs> giving our ideas away. We'll write that down. Right. <laughs> Bottomless mimosas at the... All right, anyways. <laughs> so, of course, um, a couple of things. I'm going to go through a couple of different stories. There's lots of different uh, types of protest. But the one that we're zeroing on in today is uh, the financial protest or uh, the fact that financial protests are catching fire in the midst of a Trump presidency. And I think there's been a lot of discussion over the last week about these next couple stories. Uh, number one, uh, Ivanka Trump's mm-hmm. clothing line. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, online sales have fallen 26% in January compared to January 2016. So last year, and then sales of Ivanka Trump's merchandise on Nordstrom.com fell 63% in the fourth quarter. So this was before he, before Trump even took presidency, 63%. Um, And then uh, her line also dropped 43% on Zappos.com and 31% at Amazon.com compared to the previous year. Um, So that's like a big deal, right? That's a very big deal. Well, you know, it's a big deal for somebody who can't get it back, though. It's not necessarily a big deal for somebody who has all these different business interests and is aligned with the president of the United Certainly. States. Certainly. <laughs> aligned. You know, like, let's just... Is the child of... Right, right. I mean, I'm trying I'm trying my best to stay right, in right, my way, right, 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 but right, you know right. what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's interesting because these are clear statements that are being made through people's purchasing power. Right. Um, which is an interesting way to make a statement. Uh, another one that recently cropped up, and this was only a couple days ago, um, Kevin Plank, mm-hmm. who is the Under Armour uh, CEO, founder and CEO. Also a local superhero. Local superhero. He, he is this Ke- Kevin Plank. Kevin Plank um, is from uh, Maryland. University of Maryland. Uh, Baltimore Those is terms. where the headquarters of Under Armour is. And mm-hmm. he, he went on uh, CNBC and I guess in an interview said, um, called Donald Trump from a business standpoint, I guess is what he meant. He called him an asset. Right. 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 Which is, you know, means he's a business minded person. He's going to get our businesses and, and our business lanes in, in order in a positive way. And somebody asked, which may be true. It may be true. I've like, never been a billionaire. So, I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I can't see the world from that perspective, but maybe right. he's got, you know, he might have some, some knowledge that we don't. Um, and so it was it was interesting because Stephen Curry or Steph Curry, the guard for the uh, uh, Warriors, Golden State, State Warriors, right, um, came. He's, of course, the head uh, flagship person of uh, Under Armour. He's like one of their top, endo- you know, what do you call it, like an endorsement? Endorser. Athletes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and has a deal through 2024, I think the year is. And said in response, when asked about Kevin Plank's comments, said in response, uh, if you were, in response to the asset comment, said if you remove the ET. Right. So, <laughs> so he called Donald Trump an ass. He called Donald Trump an ass. Okay. <laughs> 
so it was like okay that was like a little quick quib that was like really witty um but he went on to say uh immediately after kevin plank made the statements the next day Stephen curry was on the phone Mm -hmm. with uh under armor reps trying to figure out like where the company stood what what was meant um apparently it was like an all-day thing um and in a statement steph curry said if i can say the leadership is not in line with my core values then there is no amount of money there is no platform i wouldn't jump off of if it wasn't in line with who i am which is an incredible like you know stand. i I gotta applaud the brother you gotta applaud him i mean like seriously like we don't have the applause soundtrack in the back yet (laughs) there it goes but seriously like Steph Curry is making at least $30 million a year mm-hmm. to rep Under Armour. And there's some kind of share of profits as well. I didn't even know that part. Yeah. Okay. So more than $30 million for sure. Right. And aside from the fact that the Curry 1s and 2s looking like more my dad's shoes <laughs> than, you know, my shoes. Grandpa Curry. I won't even go there. <laughs> but the fact that he's willing to put that potentially on the line right to to say you know i don't stand for this right is a huge deal right yeah like it's bigger to me than for example adele at the grammys last night <laughs> making her speech and saying hey y'all i got black friends and <laughs> but you didn't give up that grammy though somebody beyonce sitting right there in front of you you didn't say I, I was hey told, girlfriend i was told like this is uh, this is for you <laughs> so you know i was i heard you, she broke it in half to like hand half of it to beyonce did she do that on stage? She did it on did she, stage. Did she? Did she give Beyonce the Grammy like Kanye? I think she. Did you? Do you remember how hard Kanye went <laughs> and Beyonce petition. and said, "I'm gonna let you. Finish. I'm gonna let you finish." <laughs> that to me was uh-huh. putting on for what you believe in. Right. That is tarnished his own brand. I mean, granted, he went a little too far. Right. I'm not defending Kanye on this program. Right. One drop. Right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, put his own reputation right. on the line right. for what he believed in. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to be willing to go that far right. to actually make a significant difference in something. And Absolutely. Maybe next year the Grammy will go to Beyonce and her right. triplets. Or, you know, <laughs> they'll continue on. But who knows? But my, my whole point in that is uh-huh. Steph Curry knows what's on the line. Right. We're also starting to see uh, woke. LeBron, woke LeBron, <laughs> like you know, I mean, seriously, like this, his first eight to ten years in the league, LeBron kind of took a backseat, chilled out, and said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about my money first, you know. I, I, even though he'd been out of Akron for for seventy two years, he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make this money first. I'm gonna play basketball and I'm gonna shut my mouth. Now you see LeBron from the I can't breathe T-shirts way back to actually taking a stand and having something to say about things that actually matter knowing that he's got endorsements on the line and people paying attention to him that potentially would be willing to interested in sponsors so my whole point in that is sometimes you got to be willing to be courageous enough to put your own reputation and your own brand out there to actually make a change right steph curry obviously is one of those people who's willing to make that kind of sacrifice and right. so i have to applaud him absolutely uh for for absolutely and it's also a financial type of protest in that if you are not in line with my values as an individual or as a man or woman or whatever mm-hmm. um you know i'll i can pull my power in terms of the pe- people willing to buy from me as an individual um and take that somewhere else um it's interesting you we're, we're bringing that up because i think nike just put out an ad talking about equality needs to extend beyond the lines of 
the playing field, mm -hmm. um, which was an interesting juxtaposition in terms of what Under Armour were wondering. I know the Nike is like, talking there's no I, I saw it for the first time last night and mm -hmm. I like almost stood up and applauded. But the <laughs> commercial was, was already over. It so was woke LeBron and woke Serena at the very well, least. Serena's I, been woke, man. Serena's been woke. So I think woke uh, Kevin Durant was in there too. Woke Kevin, well, Kevin Durant's from Prince. Right. Let me make sure I say this right. Prince George's County. Indeed. So you know he, he he's been a little woke. He's been so a little that, woke. That's a little bit different. So that's something we'll do here on the show of Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. We're gonna call people woke and then they're not. <laughs> um, and then that will determine woke whether people or not. shout outs. Woke woke shout outs. That, we that's go. what we'll call it. Um, and then the last story, which was an interesting one, which I'm sure everyone heard about. Um, Wait, you didn't mention Uber. Yes, Uber. So uh, the reason I bring that up is because I deleted Uber. I feel like I was one of those two hundred and whatever thousand. So I difference. I deleted Uber too, but I didn't delete the account. I forgot. I deleted the account. Told them don't ever call me again. Pulled all their pictures down off my Facebook page. Me and Uber have officially broken up. You broken up? Yeah, I'm posting so, pictures of me and Lyft out on dates. Like you know, like you know, you could have had this, but you, you know, but you was so, playing because you know not. So the whole reason I wanted to bring that up is uh -huh. because that how quickly that thing shifted. Right. And you saw uh, the CEO of Uber walk back his statements. Right. Wasn't enough. And uh, well, then said, "Oops, my bad." Wasn't enough. Right. Then pulled himself off of Trump's, you know, it, dream It was team. like an economic And it was too little too advisory. late. Yeah. And then you saw all the subscriptions to Lyft go up mm -hmm. immediately. Immediately. You saw all the subscriptions to Uber come down. Right. And then you had people like you're talking about who right. didn't necessarily delete their account. Right. But... They saw that they aren't going to use Uber anymore because they don't like what the CEO stands for, right. you know, whatever. So, right. I mean, you know, when people it, talk about I don't have the ability to make a, a, a difference, that's very easy. You can make a difference by your purchasing. Power. I didn't even have to go to a protest. <laughs> it was a different kind of protest involving just holding the button on your iPhone. Well, I sent uh, them an email. You sent them an email. Love don't live here anymore. <laughs> Right, right. Um, and real quick recap on that story. Uh, Travis, I think you say his name, Kalanick. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he was an Uber executive. He was on economic advisory um, for Donald Trump. And through just what Malcolm said, eventually got off of the advisory team. Um, so it was a very interesting uh, turn of events and showed very quickly the power of, uh, you know, of, of, the, of the money protest. Uh, real quick detail. Or question I should ask, what product you, Malcolm, would you not be able to protest? What product would like I if not it was, be able to protest? Jeez. Like what's one thing? It could be it could be like serious or not serious. Uh, it would take a lot for me to well, you know what? Here's two examples. So for one, I, I mentioned mm -hmm. Kanye again, right? Right. I just recently had to finally jump off the Kanye bandwagon. And everybody who knows me who's watching knows I've been like one of the biggest Kanye fans since uh, All Falls Down was just a poem on, uh, you know, a deaf poetry jam, right. like way back when. Right. But <clears throat> he got a little too out there for right. me. And I just can't justify anymore like I, I i can't say i'll never give you know the next try a listen mm -hmm. but i listen to pablo probably twice and just said i'm good <laughs> you know so i mean that you know that that's i guess my protest but then you know the thing i probably it, it would take a lot for uh, them to probably chipotle really okay that, they, they would have to do a lot like they would have to tell me like going. they only uh slaughter the brown cows <laughs> 
leave all the other ones alone or something for me to be like, oh, no, nah, I can't mess with them. Like, they, you know, that's, you know, I don't like their policing practices. Like, it would take that much for me to tell Chipotle right. to kick rocks. Right, right. Uh, and it's interesting that we're seeing such an immediate response and then also reaction to the financial protest. I um, wanted to re- make a real quick reference to what a uh, financial protest would have been back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, back in, obviously, during the time of the Civil Rights Movement, I think it was 1955, uh, in, in December of 1955, the start of the Montgomery bus boycott, mm-hmm. which was in Montgomery, Alabama. And that was around when Rosa Parks decided, you know, she wasn't going to give up her seat. Right. She wasn't getting up. And uh, that protest actually went on for a year like people forget that fact that the montgomery bus boycott went on for a full year before black folks started getting back on the bus commitment that's a commitment like people had to walk to work catch a ride and it wasn't it wasn't no uber what's the uh the 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 phrase now like she was warned she was given an explanation and still she persisted you had the the uh uh Elizabeth Warren. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the very definition of still Absolutely. they persisted. Absolutely, like, you know, I, a whole year having to. Well, it's not that hard to give up the metro uh, here because I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, here, here sometimes I feel like I might as well walk in. <laughs> um, but you know, to, to the distance that people had to go right. to get to work Absolutely. back then, because there was only you know one or two neighborhoods you were allowed to live in in each city and for those people that lived in rural places even worse um so you got people riding 10 deep in a in a uh in a lincoln or what that's serious commitment but you know without getting too political or getting too deep into it the whole reason that uh integration happened at the time it did was because you had all these people not giving their dollars to the traditional ecosystem right, right? Mm-hmm. so you had all these people who were saying well if i can't sit at your lunch counter and walk through the front door right then i don't want to eat your sandwich right and if you're so you know hateful that you're not willing to allow me to, to pay my money my two dollars to buy this tuna sandwich right well then that's fine you know my buddy down the street just started selling tuna sandwiches out the back of his house and i like them better than yours and and, and he uses seasoning <laughs> so you know it, it is what it is so i mean it really a lot of times people say oh well you know the marches were so great and people uh-huh. really paid attention and i'm not taking anything away from right. those types of protests because right. i don't know that i personally have what it would have taken to go through that right. era and continue persisting and showing up right. and showing up but my whole point in that is uh, you had a lot of people who finally woke up and said you know my capitalist gene mm-hmm. is a lot stronger than my hate gene right and i would much rather allow you to come here and spend your money with me mm-hmm. than keep all those dollars you know away from us on your side of right. town and blah 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 but that shows you just how strong uh our uh collective buying power is uh-huh. uh as a as a group mm-hmm. so i mean I, I i personally believe in financial protests right um obviously because clearly they work right um some are going to be easier than others it's not always going to be just deleting an app sometimes you gotta show up and show out you know or other times you gotta not physically go patron uh uh, patronize a place but Mm -hmm. um 
you just you know believe in what you believe in and and, and actually be willing to and, and real quick before we go to break um and hear another uh piece of music from beats by beeman uh is it wrong to expect money making entities especially in this era it's an, interesting, it's an interesting question 30 seconds or less is it wrong wrong to expect money making entities or companies to be so socially conscious is that like a fair expectation now uh, it I won't say that it, it's wrong, but I'll say that as the CEO or the head of a company, you need to be conscious of how you say things, mm -hmm. what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what you do and you don't do, because people are paying attention a lot more now than they used to be. Right. And we have a lot more access to people than we used to. Absolutely. And so, you know, now you have to be a lot more uh, uh, uh Careful, yeah. I guess is the word. Absolutely. Um, with with how you represent yourself and your your brand. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll take a real quick music break. You're listening and watching Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. And when we come back, we'll talk about one more current event quickly. Um, but listen to this. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Excellent author, me, Ben Carter. Was that better? That was a lot better. That was a lot better? That was a lot better. I'm a fast learner. I'm a fast learner. Excellent, excellent. That. Books available on Amazon. You can support our work directly. Keep us on the air. Keep us on the air because it ain't free to do these kinds of things. Um, so anyway, uh, excellent music piece by, uh, of course, our producer and co-creator, uh, Beats by Beeman, also known as Will Harris. Uh, next story. This is an interesting story. Malcolm, you were very intent on doing this one. Uh, Jay-Z recently sold 33% of his stake in Tidal, the music streaming app company. Um, Sprint paid him, what was it, $200 million for one-third of his full full stake mm -hmm. right um and jay-z paid something like 58 million for title as a whole so he got paid 200 million for one third of what he paid 60 million for um and then of course sprint with this new deal will provide its customer base of 45 million uh sprint users and subscribers with a free membership and access to title i have sprint so i should be getting a free title email or something soon that's the thing i'm most excited about. we both are sprint customers so give me something for my uh at the very least band service at the very least at the very least <laughs> we can get whatever album beyonce puts out next first we can hear that and rihanna as well okay well i mean they, so there so here's what's interesting about that deal though uh -huh. i don't know how public it is and, and how much they bragged about it but right. they actually have like 10 artists who have a, a 
very small fractional ownership percentage of title. Right. And that's how Jay-Z convinced them to give up the rights to run stream their music. Right. So like Usher first, is on first, there. first run of music. Uh, Beyonce, obviously, right. Rihanna, right. Kanye, and right. like five other people. Right. But he didn't have to give up any cash. Like that's right. the most interesting thing oh. about the entire. So like to get all of those artists on there to make title valuable enough to be able to then turn around and sell it to or sell a, fra- a piece he, of it to Sprint. Right. He didn't give up any money. Wow. So he he tripled his uh, investment in what like two years? Barely. Two if that. I don't even know when title. Yeah, it was like I think it was 2015. Okay. So he tripled his investment just by leveraging the relationships that he already has with folks who. Sprint wants to be in business, right? With, and right. it cost him no extra dollars out of his pocket. Right. That's awesome. Right. So I, I really think uh, the reason I wanted to make sure we we covered that one is because it, it's important that you think outside of the box right. and creatively when you talk about investing your dollars. So it's two really important pieces. One, make sure you're saving enough money to be able to take advantage of opportunities as they come up, right? Like, so if Jay-Z was, you know, balling out of control and and spending everything he brought in as soon as he made it, then obviously the opportunity wouldn't have been there to purchase title. But then separately from that, like thinking outside of the box and being creative about how you leverage your resources and the people around you. Because a lot of times people think about investments and they say, oh, I don't know anything about the stock market. Right. Or I don't I don't know how to buy a stock. (laughs) But there's like so many different ways that you can go about investing. Right. Like your your best friend could have a really good idea and just need a little bit more capital to get rolling and launch the product. Like think about how often you watch Shark Tank and somebody has an idea. They're up there on the stage and they're like, yeah, you know, I own 50% of the business. My boy Bob, my boy Joe, and my cousin Sarah own 50% of it collectively. Right. They bought in for $20,000. Right. And now I'm here seeking a million dollars for my company that, you know, does whatever. Right. So I want to be on the ground floor with those people that put up 20 Gs. Like, I don't want to be, you know, the <laughs> guy that's got a million. million dollars for it now. You know what I mean? But if you don't think creatively outside of the box like that, right. then, you know, you don't you, you don't get to, to take advantage of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, what, what, what what's like a real life example of turning and not the idea, but just recognizing those opportunities for an investment like Jay-Z spending 58 million on a company or streaming company title right. is not something we can really relate to, at least right now. Right. Um, so what's a more real life scenario that you can give an example, maybe from work or other places in your life uh, where someone said, here's a small idea and I'm going to make the quote unquote investment in that idea or in that action? Um, I mean, leveraging your network is really the biggest thing, like making sure that you're constantly in contact with the people who, you know, who are out doing things like. So, for example, I know you have a friend who started a business on accident and she's a graphic artist and she was working initially on designing uh, pieces like cups and, mm-hmm. and you know artwork for for uh, apartments and hotels and stuff like that right but it came from her you know doodling on a piece of paper and over and over up again. And bl- but by me being at least close enough friends with her to be in contact enough to know what's going on in her right. life i mean right. you can be facebook friends with somebody who knows what's going on in their <laughs> life like by me being that close to right. that person right. i'm not the most creative person right? right like i'm when it comes to 
putting pen to paper and actually coming up with a concept and seeing it through, I'm not that guy. But what I do have is access to capital, right. and I do have the know-how to say, all right, well, here's what you need to do to right. take it to the next level. So right. just talk to people, find out what they're doing, right. stay connected. Absolutely. Kind of and you could also always make the investment in yourself um, and whatever it is, if you're the one who's actually doodling, that might be your side hustle that may one day turn into a career. Um, so real quick, as we wrap up the show, because we only have a few minutes left, uh, uh, this was a great first show. I think we did great. I think we did. I, I think you did an excellent job, sir. I think I did an excellent job as well. I appreciate that. Um, and and uh, we just want to make sure we remind everybody uh, we're streaming live here at uh, Listen Vision Studios uh, here on ListenVisionLive.com every Monday at 6 p.m. Um, and in the next show, we're going to be talking about something that's very current. I literally just got through doing mine and I found out what my tax bill is going to be. Mm. Next week, we're talking about taxes. Oh, Uncle Sam. How not to get scammed by Uncle Willie. <laughs> How not to get scammed by Uncle <laughs> Willie or other people. Um, and we'll also, uh, we're actually going to have a guest uh, by the name of Shayla Coleman. She's a CPA at a major um, consulting firm. Did you hear what he said? He said she's a CPA. CPA. She's actually got some credentials what does CPA and some school for behind her. Do you know what it stands for? Certified Public Accountant. So she's actually taking the time to go get certified in something and have some credentials, right? Like, make sure you're taking advice on things like this from somebody who doesn't you know, when you go to look at their Instagram bio, they're not also like a chef and uh, I do hair and, you know, I cook meal prep and all and I give financial <laughs> advice or and I do taxes. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody's hustle. Right. But I kind of am at the same time because I don't want to see the situation where, you know, you're talking about. I owe the IRS $50,000 because they gave me a $40,000 refund because right. Uncle Willie said he was Uncle Willie did your yeah. taxes. So make sure you're going to reputable folks. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, and we're always trying to bring the reputable folks here by Manage Your Damn Money. Um, we also want to remind creatives and entrepreneurs to share their story. Uh, we'll be here available for you. And if you want to come on the show, just make sure you go and sign up for the others at manageyourdamnmoney.com backslash the others. Uh, and also, this audience audio recording will be on iTunes and SoundCloud not too long after today and uh, we can be followed at what's your handles uh, at Malcolm on money on Twitter and Instagram and in, oh and Instagram sorry yes and Instagram uh, you can you can find us at www.managedammoney.com you can follow me and manage damn money at mydm1 and then Facebook is facebook.com backslash manage your damn money so those are our full suites of uh uh, social media handles you can follow our music producer here Beats by Beeman Will on Instagram where you can see more clips and hits of his uh, so we will see you next week same and bat time same bat channel indeed indeed and we are thankful for those who watched and we'll see you next time peace